0: Second Timothy, and look there at a couple of the
1: uh,
0: scriptures, Second Timothy, chapter 3. There's, uh, first, uh, one of the first couples I remember uh, counseling when I was in the ministry, I didn't get there in time, and once I got there... He was already stabbed, and he rode in the back of my four down to the mercy room. <laughs> Blood all over the place, man. Praise God. 2 Timothy chapter 3. That was just some of the beginning days. And thank God there hasn't been any stabbing since. <clears> 2 <throat> Timothy 3. There was a little uh, illustration that I uh, came across that uh, talks about honey ants. And the story about these ants is that there are certain times that uh, they go through lengths of time trying to survive, no food, no supply of food, or whatever the situation is. And there's one group among that type of uh, ant that's called a honeypot. And they take in so much nectar and continue and continue and continue to take in this nectar to the point that they begin to swell up and it says they look like little round berries and when there's no food there's no water there's no supply for the rest of the uh, tribe of ants or whatever they're called uh, these act as social stomachs and they supply the entire colony by dispensing what they have stored in their body and uh, they're called honey pots, or the social stomach. <laughs> Amen. And uh, that would have been a good illustration in the men's rally, because I preached a sermon on the stomach of ministry. And uh, this morning I want to deal with a little different topic, and that is uh, the stomach we need for parenting. And uh, especially when you go through certain times or certain seasons, of the situations that you deal with and in those times that we go through stuff we need to be equipped we need to be girded up we need to have the truth of the gospel and a reservoir within our life and within our spirit that we have something that will speak and and, uh, feed and, and minister to the need of whatever we're going through and some of the issues that hopefully some of you and most of you here will never ever deal with But certain times that you may deal with things that you have to navigate, and every one of us have to navigate our kids through some insanity. But there's other times that it's even more than insanity. And that's why I want to talk about the challenge of parenting, because God's always trying to deposit things Mm -hmm. in us that when we get to those times, we have something within us, the Word of God deposited within our life and soul, to be able to feed and to minister our children. Amen. Second Timothy 3 verse 1 says, This know also that in the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, petty, high-minded lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of god and having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. That is kind of a fearful description of what we could be dealing with in the last days of some of the issues there in those words. And I want you to think for a moment about the challenge of children. Amen. And beyond the beginnings, you know, birth and of children is one of the most amazing miracles that bones do grow in the mother's womb uh, after 21 days from conception there's already a heartbeat precious heartbeat of a child and that first sonogram whenever you uh, uh, go in for that very first time that you go there the doctor is going to do this sonogram and, and uh, you hear this heartbeat and tears come to your eyes, man. This is life. This is, I mean, the miracle of this child. That is one of the moving moments of our life. So thankful. And uh, praying for those five fingers and five toes and whatever, that everything's going to be, that they're going to have two arms instead of one, and, you know, they're going to have two eyes instead of three and whatever. And, and uh, we're excited. You know, when a baby's born, this press, everybody's excited. When you have a baby, when you're walking around with your baby, you can stop the whole mall. <laughs> Everybody in the mall.
1: <laughs>
0: you can stop a whole prayer room at any fellowship church. You can distract a whole congregation from most of one point of a sermon. Oh, oh Look at Mokey, Oh, Kokomo. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: whole church, you know.
0: This they they stole the show, man. It wouldn't matter if you had Pastor Mitchell, Pastor Campbell, and Richard Ruby all there preaching each point. (laughs) 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 They're looking at Goo Goo Gaga over there. (laughs) And a little baby will stop and draw a crowd anywhere. Everybody, oh, so beautiful. They're lying. You know, as soon as your child's 5 they're going to say, Get that brat out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you control your crazy teenager? <clears throat> Everybody notices the little baby. And you ought to be so proud of your precious gift of God that's been given of your child. Every stage of growth, amen? That every stage of their life, you ought to love and have that parental pride and you know, uh, help them because our kids, when they grow up, you're saved, you're in a church that has some vision and pattern, and as they grow up and you enjoy those stages of their life and all that we go through and the, the youth of them uh, growing up in our home and all the joys that are there in every age, uh, they learn a good pattern of a Christian home, and they hear words different than what parents that hate each other and have no gospel foundation for the home. They they have a pattern of a life. They have a pattern of a church. They learn some truth as they're growing up. Uh, Our kids have a privilege of being in 52 hours a year of not some dead, miserable, religious little program, but teachers that impart truth and invest in Sunday school classes of all the ages of kids. And uh, we got like four classes in a nursery, uh, five things besides the adult class going on all the time. These are people that are laboring. In the Word of God, these are people that are pouring their heart out and ministering. There's an impartation of that, of truth, Bible truth that they catch, uh, verses that they still remember when they'll be old. uh, And uh, uh, we can keep them and help them in their youth to stay saved sane in a pattern and it's easy when kids are a certain age you just keep them in the pattern the activity of what's going on uh, and uh, they can see our life our walk with God but the challenge of later years can be upon you whenever they hit certain ages and kids begin to go through certain things because I can tell you every young person that's ever uh, raised up in a Christian family there is a raw potential of their youth. There's young teenagers in our church today that you might just look at them as a snot-nosed little teenager. God looks at them as this could be a missionary to a nation. This, These are precious young people that are going to be the couples and uh, that you know we don't become like all the denominations that as soon as kids hit a certain age, you know they're gone. They never go to church again. God sees them as precious uh, young people that He wants to help them and uh, Uh, They can be a powerhouse for God. But, you know, when kids hit a certain age, they go through spiritual things. They go through physical things. They go through the emotional, the hormonal, the the battle zones of what they begin to deal with. And the devil's looking for any way that he can tap that potential for himself. He wants our kids. And uh, not all the struggle that young people go through is bad. I believe that some of the things that, that uh, uh, you know, youth go through, any young person today that wants to win can easily stay saved and power on for God. The battles, the struggles, the temptations that they're going to face, they've got to deal with it at school, they've got to deal with it around different situations in life, all those things that those young people go through will only strengthen them and help them if they can just make it through and go on for God. It will strengthen them. And not everything that we see them go through is evil. Because there's some of the times that they begin to question or they're asking you questions all the time. What about this? And why do we do this? And what about that? And what was that sermon all about? And what's this? And some of the times they hit that age where they begin to question things. Sometimes they're testing you to see if you believe it. Because they're wondering. (laughs) Amen. Sometimes they're uh, just going through a little doubt. Anybody ever had doubt here? Amen. Well, expect our kids to go through some doubts and debates and maybe even want to argue with you a little bit. And it's not always rebellion. It's not always a spirit of rebellion. Sometimes uh, they're asking those questions because... They're trying to find their own convictions. Yes. And if you've got, you know, young little babies that just draw a crowd here this morning and, you know, you're thinking, man, this is, uh, you know, I can't believe he's saying this. My kids could never, ever go through anything. My, my kids were, you know, born saved and had 777 across their forehead. <laughs> just take a couple notes. You might need it someday. <laughs> Amen. And there's times that our kids uh, are trying to find their own convictions and there's times they may question they may go through things that that will add some depth and and some root to what they believe because what they need is their own personal settled convictions and uh, some of them uh, uh, go through certain seasons of questioning but then there's also a different kind of zone other than just questioning a few things or adding depth to their convictions uh, there's also the situations where they can rebel I don't know if anybody has ever had a young child in your home rebel before, but uh, they can do that and reject the gospel, and they can begin to blame you for every problem they've ever had. They would be so happy if it wasn't for you. They would probably have three iPods if it wasn't for you. They would be so blessed if it wasn't for you. And uh, the spirit of this world and the work of the devil targets our kids they have a target drawn on them and you know I'm not trying to be negative when I was going through the thoughts of this message of thinking my goodness I you know I read one book and, and the, the guy says that all his uh, uh, growing up with the kids you know people are saying oh enjoy them now while they're young enjoy them because boy your day is coming and uh, <laughs> oh you know enjoy oh enjoy your young oh you, pull on the side you know, oh enjoy your kids now because boy you got to come and when they turn this you know and he said he never ever experienced that they never ever went through that and i hope that nobody needs this sermon amen <laughs> i hope that you know you don't need it and i hope you never need it But I can tell you that, you know, if your kids are doing good, they're serving God, they're powering on through the teen years into their latter years for Jesus, uh, uh, that's wonderful. But I can also tell you that if anything does happen and you are going through it, you could get a copy of this sermon and put on the headphones and it would be like wearing an oxygen mask 20 feet under the water. (laughs) (laughs) And it would be life and breath to you. So those that have and those that do deal with things, I have one pastor friend, and he told me, he said, you know, he said, I always just thought, man, I just got to get my kids through to 18. He was excited about just getting them through to 18. And he said, every one of them did good until they turned 18. (laughs) I have a pastor, you know, I know one pastor, one of his kids had been shot, you know, one of his kids had been in all kinds of tragic accidents, and both of these pastors that I mentioned, every one of their kids are serving God today. They're somewhere doing well, born again, saved, and on the right track, but they went through things, and I'm not saying that to be negative, that you know, you're you going to wait for 18 and say, okay, here we go. <laughs> One pastor told me recently, he said, my conscience is clear.
1: <laughs>
0: he said, I know that we've done everything that we could do, and we did it right. But the thing you have to realize is that your children are capable of doing things that you don't believe that they could. Pastor Mitchell said, you know, he got a call one time from the school, you know, about something his son was doing. And, uh, you know, they're wondering if he's going to believe it. He said, yeah, I believe that and a lot more. (laughs) (laughs) Their potential of doing things you could never, ever dream is possible. And, you know, the worst thing is that you always talk about those stupid, unsaved teachers in that crazy school and a bunch of sinners, you know, that uh, they're just always trying to pick on your kid. Amen. Sometimes they might only be telling you half of it. Amen. And uh, when people go through things and they begin to hit those seasons or issues, don't let it make you cynical. I heard one person say one time that they question whether they should have ever had children. That's cynical. I had a lady come up to me some time back, and I just preached a very redemptive, just encouraging sermon of redemption in the church and dealt with things about you know god of restoration and she came up to me and she was in tears and began to tell me about the death of her teenage son and she said that my mother told me the world will be a better place with him dead it's the best thing that could ever happen that's what her mother said it's the best thing that could ever happen the world's going to be a better place is this their grandchild? And there's some cynical people in the world out there about young people. That's why we need to be contending for our children. And remember, they are watching you. If you've raised them in church, and there's many here, you've had the privilege of beginning to raise and raise up your kids in church, they've heard a lot. And some of what they've heard, you know, they're around the gospel, they're around the Sunday school, they're around the conversations at home, they're around our things that we try to impart at talking about God, they're around the, the youth things, they're around the things that we do in our churches, uh, and they comprehend, you know, they've been around and they've heard a lot, but what they've comprehended and what they really have is their own, you don't really know. And uh, that's why your life and the foundation and example of your salvation is so important because we speak the words to instruct them we want to warn them because we know there's a world that wants to kill them get them on drugs and get them killed we know there's a devil that is there we want to bring the guidance and care and correction and direction for their life we want to teach them some things. We want to try to help them. Uh, We want to tell them about some consequences and give them some clear warning. Uh, And, uh, you know, one of the articles we're going to pass out to you in a packet is about sexually transmitted diseases. That ought to scare you to death for your own marriage. And it ought to really give you a heads up about your kids because there's multiplied tens of thousands of sexually transmitted diseases that once you have them you got them the rest of your life you can take them right into your marriage you'll have them until the day you die dangerous dangerous things we want to warn them we want to preach to them we want to speak to them in the five death languages there's a good book called the five love languages of a teenager but i wanted to just do the five death languages and find five ways to kill them Pray right now, give your heart to
1: Jesus.
0: (laughs) And everything that you ever want to try to say to your children and impart it to them, there are times that they will ignore every word you say and they'll just watch you. And sometimes what we are speaks so loud that they can't even hear what we say. And if your kids go through things or you're going through it now or you have went through some stuff, you know what it is to have agony of soul. And there's people here, you got teenagers that that maybe they're in jail and uh, God's working on them there right now. And uh, you've been through the agony of soul. And when children go through things, caring parents uh, agonize. There's times that there's parents that ache deeper than they can ever remember aching and hurting and caring. And hurt in ways that you never thought you would ever hurt. Your mind begins to run the the gamut of all kinds of thoughts. The devil begins to try to work a strategy in that season. He wants you to question everything you've ever believed in the gospel of Jesus Christ. He wants to try to shake the foundation of your faith He wants to take that moment as he will attempt to try to get you to question the gospel. He'll try to get you to question the principles of the Word of God. He'll try to get you to question the standards. uh, As your kids will be attacking the standards of a fellowship, uh, that's only going to save them if you can get that through to them. And uh, he'll bring every attack, uh, and he'll try to move you into an emotional arena. Because he knows if he can get you into that emotional arena, He's got a real good chance of winning. And you have to be very, very careful to set up a guard, set up a a shield, the shield of faith, the shield of your salvation, the shield of wisdom, because that myriad of thoughts begins to run all the boundaries of your mind. And you're going through all the conflict and all the thoughts. the devil's railing on you. Well, you're a failure. Well, you're a messed up parent. Well, you didn't do this right. Well, you didn't do that right. Well, you're not a perfect parent. Guess what? There's no such thing as perfect parents. And the minute your kids go through things, they're going to notice every flaw that you have. Boy, will they spot it out. They'll point it out. They'll even exaggerate and lie about you. They'll do anything. And uh, they'll, they'll, they'll use uh, And uh, just as the devil tries to use emotion, there will be thoughts uh, and uh, positions the devil tries to get you to put your mind in uh, that you need to close the door to those wise and open your heart to God. And confront the spirit, because there's a spirit that will try to attack your mind uh, and affect your thinking and begin to bring some attack upon you and criticism upon you and uh, some sort of thing... uh, that uh, the devil tries to curse you in that season because it's a very emotional battle. I can remember one season of our uh, days, uh, I said to my wife, I said, everything that I put my parents through, (laughs) we thought we were going to beat the rap. (laughs) No. Amen. So who do you call? Nine one one? Sometimes that's who I wanted to call. Nine one one. Call the police. Amen. Just call nine one one. They'll they'll take care of it. Or you can call (laughs) Ofer.
1: Doctor Laura
0: gets a lot of calls on this. And Dr. Phil's pretty good as well. Every one of those folks has got some words that, that are being said trying to help people. But I want to give a different suggestion this morning. Maybe Dr. Phil will help you out a little bit. Maybe Dr. Laurel will nail down a few things. Maybe Oprah will get you crying a little bit. But I want to make a suggestion. You better get a hold of God. Amen. What I'm saying is that when you're going through things and you're feeling your kids hitting this certain season in life of things that they're going to start going through stuff, I want to encourage you to pray and then pray again and then pray again. And, you know, try an extra hour early for a few months. Amen. You can find some of us desperate parents at the door where they're at 6 a.m. praying for an hour or two every morning. Amen. Amen. Crying out to God. And laying hold of God and digging deep into the word of God, deepening your relationship with God, drawing near to God, communicating, and uh, raising your commitment level. And just stirring your heart to say, I'm going to seek God the way I did when I was a new conqueror. I'm going to seek God and ask him to guide, get serious about Knowing God, touching God every day. We're not into religious programs and the seven simple steps to parenting and the seven steps to the perfect marriage and the, the, the formula for uh, an answer to every problem we have. Uh, we need His wisdom. And uh, we need to stay faithful and committed to the things of God and not let the, the distraction uh, affect kingdom activity being the priority. Because you can do some things in prayer and in action to try to do what you can do to keep them from destroying their lives. Amen. You see, I was a really, really bad, wicked sinner before I got saved. So, you know, when these guys walk into the quick mart and they're paying their thing, you know, and you can smell them 12 feet away from marijuana, I can smell marijuana two miles away. (laughs) And... You know, I don't know what my parents thought about some of the craziness of uh, my days, but they, they didn't know the difference between incense and
1: marijuana. <laughs> In my room. Amen.
0: But, you know, I was a crazy, wicked sinner, and it scares me to think that we turn our children loose to this world. I know what those guys are thinking. I know how messed up it can be and there's times that you really want to fight you know i remember one time there was this one situation i just made it real clear you know you are god's property (laughs) (laughs) and uh you know i was i was too proactive in some situations you know when you show up at a party at two o'clock in the morning you're not really welcome as pastor names (laughs) 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 with your cell phone dialing 411 could i have the non-emergency number of the carpondale police department Got some folks here supplying uh, uh, alcohol. This is, here, here's what I'm always going through. I'm okay, not an emergency number. I need that for the Carbondale Police Department. Yeah, I want to get you to come over here and investigate a situation. We have in a house here, such and such street, such such. I'm in this alley, and uh, I want you to come check this out. I think we've got somebody that's uh, holding, maybe either holding somebody against their will or providing oh. alcohol for minors. I need you to come over and check it out because they won't let me in. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> 2 o'clock in the morning. And you thought they were working third shift. They're lying. (laughs) Hello? And uh... This one kid, you know, I dealt with some guys, and I, I shook up with some people. I, I had young men, I'll never have kids, I'll never have kids. You know, because I confronted this one guy, you know, I, I I don't know. I needed people to show up at some of the parties I was at and shake me the way I should some sounded these boys.
1: <laughs> I said, you know,
0: one day you might have a daughter. Let me talk to you for a minute here. <laughs> I've invested 17, 18 years of my life here. Let me talk to you for a little bit, sir. That's not what guys are wanting to happen at parties. And I'm not suggesting you do that, but man, stinking devil. And... Job twenty nine says, I broke the jaws of the wicked, and I plucked the spoil out of the sheep.
1: <laughs>
0: I didn't know I would even have that scripture there to do what I, I got off on somebody wasn't going to say.
1: Psalms
0: three seven, Arise, O Lord, and save me, O oh my God. For you have smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone and broken the teeth of the ungodly.
1: <laughs>
0: That's talking about something you do in prayer not getting into fight outside. <laughs> in the it's praying against demonic lies. And I can tell you, God can turn the spirit. I remember calling Pastor Mitchell one time and asking him. I knew he's went through it with probably every one of his kids. He's got five. And, four that are still alive and he's still going through with some of his kids but i asking i remember you know greg was like a doper and stuff you know <clears> that's so you know? and i'm asking you know i'm on this him, what was it or what you know what what was it because i remember the turn and then going into the ministry rising up and i said what what happened or what what was it or what did you do he said he got saved <laughs> <laughs> That's all he ever had to say.
1: He got saved.
0: That sure solved a lot of problems. <laughs> Amen. They got saved. Hallelujah. It says in Psalm 58, The wicked are estranged from the womb, and they go astray as they are born, speaking lies. Their poison is like the poison of a serpent, and they are uh, the deaf Adam that stops her ear and will not listen to the voice of Charmer, Charming ever so wisely. Break their teeth, O God, in their mouth. Break out the great teeth of the young lions, O Lord. He's crying out for God to move in a spiritual realm, for God to bring dominion against every lying spirit, against lies that have been propagated since birth and those that are uh, positioning themselves against God. And I'm telling you, what God can do is powerful because we have promises that God has given to us. And the gospel is not this ancient theory that we throw around these ideas of ancient theories. But the gospel works uh, in youth today the same way it did in former days. When I'm outside the high school and I'm watching them come in, some of them have bright fluorescent green hair. Some of them have red or purple hair. Some of them are so pierced, I want to go, oh, it's oh! It's, oh, 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 oh. It hurts just to look at you, man. And I want to scream, oh, oh, And they're starting to stretch their earlobes. And I want to walk up to these young kids and say, you know, there's a tribe in Kenya. <laughs> the Maasai do that to their ears. Man, they're trafficking with a lot of demons, man. You need to think about what you're doing to your body. Don't do that. But you know, God looks down at green hair, and I don't even know if he notices it any different than your hair. He looks down, and there's purple and fluorescent and, and orange and <laughs> mistakes. Amen. And like, what happened last night, man? <laughs> messing around, what did they put on you, man? They, put, they dip your head in a bucket of bleach and then spray (laughs) it. What happened, man? Bad party. (laughs) God looks down at that young person and he sees somebody he could easily save. They're hurting and can be saved maybe easier than you got saved. They're empty. They're going with their third step and they're sick of it. They're broken. They've heard arguments uh, from the top of the steps of Three sets of parents already now our different, varying relationships. And some of those people are, you know, God can move in this generation and upon our kids. He's not shaken by their rebellion. He's not shaken by some of the spirits that are in this world today. But he can move on this generation and bring revival. And He can move upon hearts and we can believe God and believe the Word of God. The Scripture says the fruit of your womb is your reward. Amen. And, uh, you know, it's a long way from the whole crowd in the mall going,
1: Ooh, yeah, yeah. Let me tell
0: you, there's some work to get through on down to the 20s and still be feeling rewarded. Uh-huh. Amen. But the fruit of your womb is your reward. The prayer of the righteous avails much. Your children shall rise up and call you blessed. Your children... Are the heritage of the Lord. And that God can do things. uh, And you can bring them before God in prayer. And ask God to move. His word says in Proverbs. uh, Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old he will not depart from it. Weymouth says give instruction to the youth about his way. And when he is old he will not turn from it. Chapter 23 withhold not from youth chastisement. When you smite them with a the rod, they will not die. And with the rod, smite him and his soul you will deliver from hell. From hell you will deliver their soul, the scripture says. And uh, there's uh, promises of God. The word of God is right there. God will help. Uh, and the challenge for us in contending for what God could do and contending for our children is that we would set an unwavering example. Amen. There's a challenge in dealing with things. But there's something in us that if we're willing to contend, one thing you have to really contend in is to set an example and give them something that doesn't change. They watch the things at school change. They watch their friends change. They watch the people they are around that are really into this and now they're not into it anymore. They watch all the things that they get into. Oh, i got to have this, and then two weeks later, they don't even want it. They see all the changing things and somewhere it finally begins to sink in. But we've got something that we can live uh, that gives our kids something to come back to. A saved mom and dad who are just simply steady in the things of Jesus Christ. And the same way that you've always been, just saved. And stay right where you need to be in the center of the will of God. And that you would not be moved. That you yourself, as a couple, would be unmoved and stay right where you need to be, saved in the house of God, busy for Jesus Christ, and as undistracted as possible. Because you may be somewhat distracted, but don't let it divide your marriage. Amen. Let it bring you in a tighter bond than you've ever been before. Don't let anything that ever goes on with your kids and the good things, the bad things, the, the ups, downs all around, the crisis, the, the situations, that don't ever let it separate your marriage and don't ever let it separate your relationship with God because that's the strategy of the enemy. And I've talked to pastors. I've seen situations and pastors talk to me. And one of the saddest things you will ever see is when parents quit over their kids. That is to me the saddest of the saddest stories that there ever could be, and seeing pastors <laughs> tell me things in churches that have went through something that just once something happened with their child and and they just quit and they just started thinking, well, we got to you know they're just going to give everything in the world to their kids because that'll keep them happy and that, and they end up hating their parents worse. Amen. It's just like if your wife's Fighting and harping and harping and fighting and (laughs) harping. And she's trying to get you to come into submission, sir. And she's harping and harping and carping and barking and howling at the moon and clawing the walls at night. And and, uh, uh, demons are speaking out of her. (laughs) (laughs) And she's trying to get you to submit, sir, and finally bow down and be the little puppy dog on the leash. You give in. She'll hate you for it. If you ever give in and you ever don't stand up to be the man of God to lead your household in the path of righteousness, once you finally give in and you think you finally gave her what she wants, she'll hate you for it. Because you're not supposed to do that. Amen. And uh, uh, there's a challenge we have that as we go through the things, every, you know, you can read the book of Job, as uh, Chuck just mentioned. And man, you talk about tragedy in children and tragedy in family, and and, uh, they got down to the last chapter and were doubly blessed because they stayed right with God.